Hey, this is Tommy Davis, and you're listening to PF Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Kathleen Madigan had the college internship that I should have had. I was in um, give stuff to auction. It's kind of called public relations, but like they just let me be in charge of uh, this Catholic grade school wants a, a, a science stick for their auction, and like you know the players would come in. It was really really fun. We'll hear more from Kathleen in just a little bit. We have a follow up to its Facebook, not fact book, but first, as always, fake news. And now, fake news with me. After numerous reports claim the iPhone 6 will have a completely new design featuring curved edges and an extremely thin profile, NowhereElse.com has found images showing a mock-up iPhone model that seems to match the recent leaks. The dummy iPhone was reportedly photographed in China, although it's not clear who made it and for what purpose. The publication says the images have been posted on a Chinese forum for well-known Apple leaks. Apple denies the authenticity of the photo, saying the new iPhone 6 will be left on a mass transit train either in New York or San Francisco later this year. The 2016 Republican presidential nomination battle is shaping up as the most wide open in a generation, with a new Washington Post-ABC News poll showing five prospective candidates within four percentage points of one another at the top and a half a dozen more in the mix. The picture is very different on the Democratic side, where former Secretary of State Hillary Rodham Clinton is the clear frontrunner. In a hypothetical matchup, Clinton leads former Florida Governor Jeb Bush, seen by many of GOP establishment figures as the party's strongest general election candidate, 53% to 41%. Both parties apparently are hoping to ride a wave of 90s nostalgia into the White House in 2016. The Mars rover is drilling on Mars. It is almost a year since the Mars rover used its power tools in the ground on the Red Planet. The vehicle has since traveled more than three miles as it heads towards the mission's primary target, the foothills of the huge mountain that dominates Mars's Gale Crater. Funding for NASA's Mars project have faced constant roadblocks in Congress, but the space agency hopes it can change minds if the rover can find evidence of oil on the Red Planet. Then NASA can invade the Red Planet. On the heels of freeloading rancher Clive Bundy coming out about his racism, proclaiming that Negro people were better off as slaves, we had the spectacle of Los Angeles Clippers basketball team owner Donald Sterling being outed in a recording that has him chastising his woman friend for associating with black people, quote-unquote, and telling her he does not want her to be seen with them. Said Sterling to another friend, It's bad enough I have to see them on the court. I don't want to see them in the stands. AOL announced Tuesday a slate of 16 star-studded original shows scheduled to debut on the AOL On Network. James Franco, for example, is making an original series called Making a Scene with James Franco. Each episode stars Franco and one or more of his fellow artists discussing their favorite scenes from Hollywood cinema. Look for my new show this fall on CompuServe! The illness that derailed Miley Cyrus's U.S. tour in April has returned like a wrecking ball at the start of her European tour. Cyrus' Friday and Saturday shows in Amsterdam and Antwerp uh, have been rescheduled for June 20th and 22nd because she suffered a setback in her battle against a severe allergic reaction to an antibiotic, her rep said. Headlines proclaimed Miley sick postpones tour, to which many music fans reacted, We're sick of Miley, please cancel tour. I kid Miley, as Bill Maher would say. 10,000 Russians marched through Red Square this past Thursday as part of May Day celebrations and the first such display of Soviet-era-like ceremony since 1991, the year the Communist Soviet Union dissolved. In response, President Obama, in a bipartisan effort, has asked New Jersey Governor Chris Christie to help plan a killer Cinco de Mayo party in Washington. And that's fake news with me.
We did the segment last week, but I saw something interesting this week, so we're doing another installment of... It's Facebook, not Factbook. So I'm on Facebook, and uh, I believe it is Tim Slagle, our friend of the show, uh, who posted uh, a story from a website called Rare.us. It is a uh, very conservative website. And there's a young man named Matt Palumbo. He is a Rare contributor. And a cool name, by the way. It's kind of like a, a 70s uh, detective, you know? Uh, Matt Palumbo, private eye. But anyway, um, this young man uh, observed something <laughs> rather shocking. You might want to sit down for this. You know those memes you see in Facebook? <laughs> Turns out some of them aren't true. Huh. Well, anyway, he concentrates on these ones, and I've only seen a couple of these, which is weird because um, some of my friends on Facebook are so progressive, they make me look like Rick Perry. Okay, so anyway, um, like this first one here, Costco CEO explains how they make record profits, and then there's a quote apparently from the Costco CEO. It says, we pay workers $45,000 a year, provide health insurance, and let them unionize the opposite of what Walmart does. And this is all, these all lend. They're all the opposite of what either a company does or what the United States does, and, uh, and that's the shtick there. And Mr. Palumbo points out that none of these quotes are real. He is, in fact, correct. These are either truncated quotes, and some, in some cases, they are made up. And there's a couple of examples here I want to go through uh, little by little here. And, uh, of course, remember, the, the first rule of all of this is... It's Facebook, not Factbook. I never get tired of hearing little Lizzie say that. Anyway, um, the first one, the Costco one, uh, it's, I, I'm thinking he's going to take exception with the facts presented in the uh, in the meme or the alleged facts, as the case may be. And he doesn't, though. He goes on to say that it's, you're kind of, it's kind of an apples-orange comparison because Costco is slightly different than Walmart and Sam's Club because they're usually in more affluent areas. And anecdotally, that's kind of true. But here are some numbers for you to crunch. Um First of all, let me see. The average Costco worker. Well, let me let's go let's go the other way around. The the CEO of Walmart made twenty million dollars last year. The CEO of Costco made two million. And you're thinking, okay, well that's a pretty big disparity. PF, good for you. Well, uh, Walmart's profits were fifteen billion. Costco's were one million. So if you're measuring it that way, well, okay. But the average uh, Walmart worker makes eight dollars an hour, and the average Costco worker makes eleven fifty an hour. So even though Costco isn't making nearly as much money, they're compensating the workers a lot better. Okay, so there's that. Uh, that's one down. Uh, this next one, I, I my BS meter went off immediately. Castro explains why Cuba has the highest literacy rate in the world. We have the lowest student-teacher ratio and spend five times as much on schools and war at the opposite of what America does. And again, I'm thinking he's going to knock down all these facts. Apparently, there is a lot of truth to this. Uh, Mr. Palumbo takes exception to the fact that the U.S. has to spend more on the military because we're, we're the only superpower left, basically. Well, maybe. Uh, only superpower left. Now, um, the reason my BS meter went off is I used to work with a guy who was uh, Guatemalan. His dad was a U.S. Marine. His mom was Guatemalan. Uh, he grew up in Miami, and then he flew down uh, when he was a teenager to Guatemala, visited some of his buddies, and he said, hey, let's go over to Cuba. And um, and he's a pretty progressive guy, too, always for the workers' rights, always complaining about management work. But he said, boy, Castro's got things screwed up there pretty good. And, you know, if you're judging from the all the cool 1950s cars sitting there in Cuba, and then the fact that those folks don't really have the advances of the rest of the Western world. Yeah, I, I could see where this one is kind of, it's, this is kind of a BSE one. I mean, yeah, again, but again, I'm surprised some of the facts he dug up were actually true. Here's a good one. A German explains how homeowners generate half his country's electricity, and then it says, quote, the government supports small-scale solar instead of coal and utility companies, the opposite of what America does. Okay, uh, the argument here Mr. Palumbo has is there's a lot of red tape involved in uh, getting solar in the U.S., and I looked at this chart he, he uh, links to in Forbes, and it's very confusing. The big difference is something called overhead, which I have, that must be the red tape part, I don't know. 
But the thing I thought was going to be out of half the country's electricity, that actually is not true. Germany is at about 20% uh, renewable energy to regular energy. The U.S. is 13%, which is higher than I thought. Germany, lower than I thought. And I thought, well, let, let's for fun. Oh, and by the way, Germany is, uh, has a, on target to uh, have 35% by the year 2020, I believe. And they are on target to do that. Okay apparently because of no red tape. But I, I was wondering, gee, I wonder what Canada uh, is like. And Canada has got to be close to 50%. Canada, 59% renewable energy, uh, mostly hydro, I believe, from the uh, St. Lawrence and Niagara rivers. But uh, apparently, uh, the, you know, Mr. Palumbo taking exception with the fact that the Germans uh, support uh, solar and, and although actually that's kind of making the argument in a different direction, though. And of course, you know, no one's keeping solar down uh, in this country. And it taxes something that Republicans tend not to like very much, solar power. It allows utility companies to impose a surcharge on customers who install solar powers or small wind turbines. They say solar power users aren't paying their, fit, paying their fair share of infrastructure costs. So utility companies have lobbied state legislatures in plenty of states across the country, including Oklahoma, to tax you. Well, except those guys. Okay, next one. A teacher in Finland explains why her country's school system is the best in the world. I'm not even sure that is true, actually. But I know it's it's probably among the highest, and it might it's probably better than ours. But anyway, uh, we pay teachers like doctors. Students enjoy uh, over an hour of recess, and there's no mandatory testing. The opposite of what America does. There's the punchline again. Um, now, what's funny here is Mr. Palumbo's. Uh, reports that Finnish teachers make 37500 a year compared to American teachers who make about 45000 Actually, I found the Finnish, for my research, the Finnish teachers make a little less than that, and American teachers make a little bit more than that. But anyway, we're splitting hairs. Um, uh, anyway, he th that is bogus. The the Finnish teachers don't, they aren't paid like doctors, unless the doctors are making pretty crappy wages. And that's probably a whole other argument for health. Hey, healthcare, the doctors won't make any money if we go to universal healthcare like Finland. So anyway, um, and they don't have mandatory testing. That one, that actually is true. Uh, and there's a lot of course controversy about that. But uh, so there's the Finnish teacher one here. Uh, Swiss president explains why his country has the lowest inequality, which I'm not sure is accurate. And uh, Mr. Palumbo doesn't explore that, but he does point out that um, uh, it says here citizens just voted for $50,000 a year minimum wage. This is from the meme and strict limits on CEO pay and bonuses. The opposite of what America does. Um, and that's just been a proposal in Switzerland, Mr. Palumbo points out. That is true. I looked that up. It's going up on the ballot again uh, in May. And uh, as far as the CEO pay thing, I couldn't find out anything about that, but I do know that they have been pressured to have more transparency in their banking laws, which they have resisted, uh, banking laws that allow people from all over the world to hide money. So that's not really, well, not really the opposite of what America does, because some of them are Americans, but, you know, it's not, I don't know, the, I don't know, the Swiss aren't getting away as clean as people would like to think. All right. So anyway, my favorite one here is the last one. Iceland's president explains his country, why his country recovered so quickly from the recession. And then it says, quote, the government bailed out the people, imprisoned the banksters, the opposite of what America and the rest of the world did. Now, this, um, a lot of layers to this to go uh, into in a meme, certainly. So that's the first problem. But uh, Mr. Palumbo believed also, and he's against people bailing out banks. He's one of those types of conservatives. And there are a lot of those folks out there. But uh, he insists that uh, he believed the myth at first, but Iceland uh, did not uh, bail out its banks. Fox Business Channel, help me out. That country's three largest banks failed. You heard me right. No bailout, no TARP. They just failed. Their banks took the same leveraged bets ours did, but their government took the opposite approach of the U.S. Hey, you stole that line. Okay, so Mr. Palumbo insists that Iceland did bail out its banks. 
But Iceland did not bail out its banks. It's very complicated. Iceland let the banks fail, but then their, the government needed money to help uh, prop up the economy and get their currency back in order. So they borrowed a lot of money from the IMF, which they have to pay back. But the money did not go to the banks. It went to the Icelandic government, near as I can figure out. If you're into this kind of thing, uh, just Google it, or as they say on the BBC, uh, type it in your favorite search engine, Iceland IMF, and it'll explain the whole thing. It's kind of kooky and weird, uh, the whole situation. But from what I can discern, Iceland did not bail out its banks. It did borrow money from the IMF, but it didn't go to the banks. Okay. So anyway, and th here's the one thing that, again, that I... I'm looking at the other uh, the other part of the meme here that I found more fascinating. Um, Iceland did do this. By the way, Iceland is still the only country that has taken its bankers to court and imprisoned them. The opposite of what America did. Okay, so anyway, uh, my point being here, this was all a fascinating exercise. And yes, I get it's a conservative website. So, And, you know, I'm not one for false equivalencies. But I, I do believe that these memes... Uh, that are running around the internet. I think I think both sides do it, but I think both sides do do it. And I really don't think one side is worse than the other, uh, like in Washington, where one side is worse than the other. But um, and it isn't even a matter of political uh, things either. Remember, we discussed this a couple of months ago, the thing that was going around Facebook. And there's nothing to do with politics, where these dopes are saying, oh, I want to stay private with you, so do all this complicated stuff and like and share it. But, and also had the effect of doing was it wouldn't keep you private on Facebook because that's impossible. It would just keep you from being seen by your friends and you from seeing your friend's stuff, okay? So, it, you know, uh, kudos to Mr. Palumbo for pointing out, uh, you know, that these memes are, are a bunch of nonsense. And no, he's not obligated to point out, oh, by the the way there's you know a bunch of uh, conservative ones running around there that are just as bogus the point of course as always is when you see something like this and when i see these things you know i never quote them i never share them unless i can go and look up the facts or a lot of times i'll just post under and go hey by the way one of my progressive friends or conservative friends whatever post one of these memes i'll say oh by the way uh, you know it's not like this this is it and i'll post to a, a reliable news source and and show them and demonstrate once again that it's Facebook, not Factbook. Kathleen Madigan is a stand-up comedian who sells out theaters across the country. You've seen her on Last Comic Standing, all the late-night talk shows, and so on and so forth. She's very hilarious, and here's our interview now with Kathleen Madigan. Okay, joining us on PS Tape Report today, it's Kathleen Madigan. Kathleen, how you doing? I'm doing really good. Super, super. Well, um, I know uh, a bit about you, of course, from uh, having seen you, I guess, originally on Last Comic Standing is where I think uh, a lot of us comedy aficionados probably first got a glimpse of you, at least nationally. Um, but going back to that, you're originally from St. Louis, Missouri, correct? I am, yeah. And so were you a comedy fan growing up, or did you just have a funny family? Well, how was your interest in comedy? How'd that get started? Uh, no, I didn't really, I didn't really, um, like, watch, I don't even know if they really had, like, comedy more, because, like, in my family, my parents usually listen to music, so I think there's just, everybody in my family's pretty funny, like, I don't think we think of it as funny, it's just the way we are, if that makes sense, like, oh, yeah. I guess, and then my sister, like, she married this, uh, guy who's, like, his family's German, and then I realized we were funny, because they're not funny. <laughs> <laughs> but he took some, he took 
like the other side of it to be in front of my face to go, wow, he just doesn't get it. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. He couldn't tell a story. Like, he'd start a story, and halfway through, we'd go, do you know what this story's about anymore? And he'd be like, no. I'm like, neither do we. Let's just start over or not tell it. <laughs> huh. Now, you have um, qu- a couple, uh, quite a few siblings, uh, as I recall. That- yeah, there's six. Yeah, so, a lot, no. So what do they all do? They have normal jobs. Um, a couple engineers, a teacher, um, uh, a vice president of financial services, <laughs> like just wow. normal stuff. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Um, so you you know, would... Everybody has really good jobs. We've all been very fortunate. Um, I think it's because my dad made us get jobs when we were like 10. Like, we've always just had jobs, and we've always had money, and he made us pay for everything. So, at the end of the day, you're always going to figure out how to get cash. Oh. Yeah, and we all went to college, so, like, everybody's kind of got something going on that they like. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, because I was talking to Jimmy Schubert the other day, and he same thing. He's just just him is in show business, and then he's got like five brothers. They all own businesses in Philadelphia. But he, he still he has that same acumen that's helped him be successful as a comedian that his brothers have used to be successful as businessmen. So yeah, like I because I when I went on the road, I was twenty three, and I thought if if I don't see progress every year, and that means financially too, then I'm just going to go do something else because that is an indicator to me to say whether or not this is going in the right direction. Now, I have comedian friends that are 45 years old, and uh, if I was them, I should would be like, well, clearly, this is not working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they, you know, who am I to tell them? I'm just saying, for me, it's got to keep, things need to keep changing and changing for the better for it to be, quote, successful, in my opinion, but that doesn't mean they feel that way, so. Well, and, and do you think, though, having kind of that uh, sort of, you know, the experience, like you said, you know, growing up always having a job, always trying to make, did that help you? Because I know a lot of comedians complain that you get ripped off a lot, they really don't know how to deal with club owners and things like that, and they're just, they're just crappy business people. Uh, I would include myself among those as far as doing this podcast and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I would not say I'm a good, um, I'm not a good number, I'm not a good negotiator, um, but I do accept the fact like we are in a business where you are going to get screwed probably 25% of the time. And then once you know that, you just factor that in like a business. <laughs> you just go, yeah, he totally lied, whatever. And there's ways to work around it where you just got to go, well, my guarantee needs to be this. And then you're going to lie to me about how many people are in attendance <laughs> and bonuses and all that. So you go ahead and lie. That's, I'll count on that. And then if you don't lie, it'll be extra money. But... Yeah, I would not say I would not say I'm a good numbers person or a good negotiator, but I'm a good overall. Like, is this business working? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or are we just open because we have fun here? What what are we doing? It's kind of like the uh, the grocery store, and you say you're talking about how the you you figure they're gonna you know. pad the numbers or paper the house or whatever, but at the grocery store when they have the, the automatic checkouts, I guess they f- they automatically factor in the people who are going to rip them off for that thing, and that just is, you know. Oh, do they? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I heard that on NPR, and they just figure that in as part of it, and it's still cheaper to do that than to pay a cashier, because there's no people are going to rip them off. Right, I, right, and basically we're just doing their job 
we've, we, and they've taught us how. That's what's even more astonishing. Oh, like yeah. Like, CVS, the guy just teaches me how to check myself out. But I'm like, dude, do you not get it? You're teaching me how to do your job. Like, you're phasing yourself out. Are you cool with that? Are you good with that? Well, yeah, it's just, it's, uh, it's astonishing to me. The only reason, and then they still have to have somebody, because, like, if you buy any nicotine patches or gum, yep. you got to be 21. Somebody's got to card you. Yep. That's got to be a person. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I'm on a campaign now. Whenever I'm at the store, I will purposely go to a cashier unless I'm really, really in a hurry and there's like a long line at the cashier and there's nobody at the automatic checkout. I'll go to the uh, to the, the, the express checkout and wait for one or two people. My wife's like, "Why do you just go to the automatic checkout?" I'm like, "I don't want to take somebody's job." And I'm serious. I'm not, and she yeah, thinks I'm being I don't, funny, I don't but want to. yeah. And I, and and sorry, I do bring my own bag. I'm going to splurge and spend 10 cents. I'm crazy like that. <laughs> I'm buying a bag. <laughs> there you go. Um, well, getting back to Last Comic Standing, um, I mean, we, we became fans of a lot of folks, yours included, uh, from that show. And Now, do you still kind of see those folks still? Because I know you're kind of associated with uh, a lot of them, like Alonzo and Gary and, and, and that lot, and Tammy, of course, uh, your, your buddy you haven't spoken to in a while. But do you still see those guys around? Oh, uh, yeah. Actually, Tammy will be arriving at my house at 7 o'clock tonight. Oh, cool. <laughs> speak, of, speak of the devil. And I had just painted the guest bathroom. Uh, I, had, I chose red and gray, but that is inadvertently uh, Ohio State's colors. Yep. So it looks like I am the most hospitable uh, <laughs> uh, host ever. And if you just show up at my house, I'll paint the bathroom in your college colors. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is Ohio State. I'm there you go. Tammy. I did it for her, when in fact I did not. I just like red and gray. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Love yeah, Tammy. Yeah, I, I talked to John a lot. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much, that's the thing. Like, there's so few actual working comedians that you're going to um, run into everybody. You know what I mean? You're all going to, yeah. you're never going to not see those people. That's what I kept trying to remind people. You should be nice. Oh, yeah. You're going to see whatever you do, because, you know, we don't go away. Like, this is forever. As long as we're on Earth, I mean, as long as you keep doing this for a living until you quit, you're going to see these people, so think hard about what you're doing Uh, uh, or saying behind people's backs. Oh, yeah, yeah. A guy that uh, gave me my first uh, semi-paying job in radio uh, Bree Freeman, who we mentioned on the show from time to time, said the same thing in regards to broadcasting. Always be nice in, in regards to broadcasting people and uh, record company people because you were very deeply involved in you know playing music and the record company. But yeah, that's a philosophy I've always remembered because you never know. Yeah, radio is a very small world too. I mean, I've seen that just from being on the road and going in to do radio every morning. It's, it's, it's about the same 500 people moving around the country. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know them all. Yeah, it's another it's another very small world, so just be, you should be nice anyway, but that's even more of a reason to be nice. Now, now you, speaking of broadcasting and such, you went to school for journalism. Did you have a, a deep interest in that, or did it just kind of seem sort of interesting to you, but you really wanted to do comedy? Did... Yeah, the journalism had nothing to do with mean, The only thing that journalism did for me is I had a really good press kit compared to other people. Uh... I, knew, I, knew, I knew from journalism school how to get a good press kit. Um, I just only did journalism because I couldn't do math or science. It was just the process of, is there anything left here I can do? <laughs> like, okay, uh, I really like history, but I don't want to be a teacher, so okay, that's so good. Um, and then I was like, well, I can write, I know that. So I just, 
I did not have the passion for reporting, though. Oh, my God. I hated it. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to write feature stories. But the problem is, it's just too hard to make a living at that anymore. I mean, unless you're, I don't know, unless you are super fabulous, which I don't think I was, or you know somebody, which I didn't. I mean, man, it's just another, it's something you have to love. It's very much the comedy. Like, you better love it. Because you're going to make no money for a very, very long time, and you may never make money. Now, you might, you might, and you might make a lot of money. Maybe you'll end up syndicated as a columnist, you know what I mean? I don't know, but you could be the next, uh, what's his name, who's the funny guy? Uh, Dave, uh, I can't do his name right now, you know what I mean? Oh, Dave Barry. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. How many people get to be Dave Barry, though? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I just did it because I... There was nothing else that I could see on the college thing that I could do. Now, but you said you, you could write. And, uh, did you find it helpful eventually in comedy writing? Or is it kind of, they kind of seem like opposite disciplines because journalism seems more about detail and comedy writing, of course, is more about brevity. But was it able to, like, was it able to help in either, either way? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think they have anything to do with one another. That's what's weird. Like, zero. Because I had uh, talked to Gaffigan one time, he said, yeah, well, I guess he was in advertising, though, not journalism. And that taught him to economize words in the same way you have to with a joke. But, yeah, I guess with journalism, that would be different. Um, yeah, journalism, uh, advertising would probably be more closer to comedy. Yeah, and um, now you had a really sweet gig. I did not know about this until I was doing a little digging today. And you had an internship with the St. Louis Blues. I did at college. It was a ton of fun. I was in the... Um, I was in the uh, give stuff to auction. It's kind of called public relations, but like they just let me be in charge of, uh, you know, so this Catholic grade school wants a, a, a sign stick for their auction and like just the whole PR end of. But I would, you know, the players would come in. It was really, really fun. I was really fortunate that I had that. I have, and I'm still a big blues fan. And oh, there you go. Like, That's my next question. When I was a kid, I can remember going to blues games. Like I couldn't even believe I was working there, and these people were real. It was really fun. Wow. Now here's how dumb I am. Do you know who uh, Gabe Kia is? He's a comedian here in the Midwest. He's on Bob and Tom. He's on Bob and Tom occasion. Well, I interviewed him. He's from. He's right here in Cincinnati. He was on our show, and it. I did, I did not make the connection until after our interview. We were emailing. And he, he explains to me that his dad was Ed Kia of the St. Louis Blues. I'm like, no way. Now, the Blues are my team. I'm from Cleveland. I've been in oh, St. Wow. Louis. I've been in St. Louis once in the airport for an hour, most of which I spent in the Blues gift shop there in the airport. But, um, yeah, and that was just, I, uh, that's how horrible an interviewer I am. <laughs> I didn't ask him how he ended up being a Canadian <laughs> in St. Louis. And here his dad was a, a guy who I'd followed when, uh, when I was a kid. Because you and I are roughly the, the same age. So I, was, I grew up with them in the 80s and stuff. But, yeah, that's my team. So, uh, very cool. I was a big, uh, when I was, like, in second grade, I was in love with Gary Unger. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he had really, really awesome hair, and he just, I don't know, I don't know why I would, but I can remember being seven, second grade, and all I did my entire grade school career was try to draw the blue note freehand. Oh, uh, yeah. I came aboard, um, see, when Cleveland lost their team, actually both their teams, we lost one team, we got an NHL team, and then we lost that, and then I was looking around for a team, and then I heard Dan Kelly calling the games on KMOX. Uh, on oh, the radio yeah, one the night, best. she's fun, yeah. That's all it took, man. That's all it took, and I was a, I was a fan from there. So kind of the the synergy of broad my love of broadcasting and my love of hockey, and uh, yeah, I've been a fan since like 1980. Cool. 
coolest jersey uh, aside from the Winnipeg Jets. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets, that's the back of my phone case. That is the coolest jersey. It's so Star Trek. It's so futuristic. <laughs> um, the new the Jets? Blues, I've always just loved our jersey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know for a while I have the one uh, from the, I think it's the mid-80s, it's the road jersey, and it's the where they put blues in block letters and they shrunk down the note. I didn't like that one. I like when it went uh-huh. back to the, to the big note on the on the chest. Me and, too. Yeah. Because it's kind of sissified to have a musical note on, on your clothing. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, I love it. On the other hand, it's super cool. Yep. So uh, if you follow the playoffs at all this year, I was able to follow it a little bit online uh, the, the past two games. Uh, yeah, I know we're up to we're up to nothing, and yep. I, we should be playing again today. That was on my list of things yes. to check. Yes, uh, like um, eight eight thirty tonight, I think. Okay, good. So I'm in California, so it'll be five thirty. Perfect. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I saw that hit that guy, that guy threw on our guy, and I mean, I'm all about smashing each other up, but that was ridiculous. Yeah, maybe, I know. I... Maybe a five game suspension, and I said, you know, this is where hockey's out of its mind. Like that. That could have killed that man. Like, killed him. Yeah. Like, come on now, guys. Come on. That's crazy. That's crazy. That That is too much for me. Even for me, and I'm all about bash each other up. I don't care, but... Yeah, yeah I, crazy. I like some hard hits, but yeah, it's just, it's you know... And, and I guess, you know, the, the fighting thing, I guess you'll never get out of the league. Because there's just too many... Uh, there's enough. It's like smoking. There's enough old people still doing it that it brings enough young people in that they're like, oh, yeah, that's it. And it's just, it's just crazy. Yeah. So, do you follow any other sports, or is it mostly just hockey? From oh yeah, um, football. I'm big football. I don't know anything about basketball because we never had a team in St. Louis oh, yeah, when I was yeah. a kid. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know anything about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I watch like the Heat to try to repeat. Like I'm a hack. I'm just a hack. Terrible, yeah. terrible audience member for basketball. But football and baseball. I love my Cardinals. They're just fantastic. Um, they never let you down. Even if we don't win the World Series, we're always good. Yes. We're always fun to watch. Yes, um, we're it's a good team. Our farm team is impeccable. You know, that's what, what I love, too, because I've done a bunch of benefits for Tony La Russa, and I've become friends with him, and he, she told me they were going to trade somebody, because he'll talk to me like I'm on the staff on the phone, <laughs> and I'm like, I, to the point sometimes I'm like, Tony, I really don't care that much, okay? <laughs> I don't want to tell them, but they were going to trade somebody, and I go, oh, no. I said, Why? And he said, he's just the problem in the locker room, and he won't do any charity work, and I'm not putting up with that. He goes, you're here, and, you know, you should, you make a fabulous living, and you give, you need to give back to the city you're in, and you won't do it. And I said, I know, but he's so good. He goes, just like, we got 10 more of him in Louisville. And I thought, you know, that's what's awesome, is that you can't get cocky on the Cardinals because there's a, there's a guy five years younger than you that's just as good. He's just in Louisville right now. Yeah. So you you need to be a decent human being, give back to the city of St. Louis, which could always use a little help, and uh, play well. And because our farm system is so good. Yeah, especially so in I love a- baseball. Um, sadly, I do love football, but being from St. Louis, that does not reap a lot of rewards. <laughs> well, you got a you got a Super Bowl. You're doing better than me. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, my best friend Cody is Lewis Black, and then his best friend is John Bowman. Lewis roots for the Redskins, John roots for the Lions. So we have a pool every year, and the winner is a case of wine of whose team will come in last. Huh. The 
the absolute worst, so at least you feel some sort of joy in your day. See, now, completely see, Tammy knows better than getting on that deal because she'd lose every year. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I mean, the browns are yeah. They, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. They're starting to take people off YouTube. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's terrible. It gets, gets, gets worse and worse every year. So... Um, I know the other exciting thing happened. You got nominated for an uh, American Comedy Award here for Best uh, Concert Comic. And, uh, boy, what a list. Yeah, I'm not sure um, I'm not sure what's going on there. That's <laughs> <laughs> a um, I don't know what the prize is, but I hope it's a lifetime supply of nicotine patches. I, I don't, like, the Cali Awards existed before, and then they, they were on ABC like a long time ago, and then they went to Comedy Central, and then they disappeared, and now they're back. But I think it's more for, like, comedic actor people, because, like, the, they invited me to the thing, but it's on a Saturday. And I'm like, well, if anybody cared about stand-up comics, they wouldn't have oh, done yeah. it on a Saturday. It's, yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, no, I'm working in Atlantic City. Like, I can't, I don't know. I mean, I wish, I wish them well. I don't. I'm just not, I don't really have a lot of information. <laughs> I mean, it, it's flatter. It's always nice that somebody recognizes that you're out proud in the pavement. Like, hey, thanks for that, guys. But other than that, I don't really, I don't really know what is going on. Okay. Uh, anything, anything else new and exciting going on? Um, well, the good part is, because uh, I did the special last year, and then I just did, Oh, I did Letterman, and then I did Leno, and then I did Ron White's thing, and now I'm just kind of free and clear to run around and tell jokes for, I'm going to do another special, but not till the fall of 2015, so I've got from now till then okay. to, to build a whole another act. I mean, I'm doing really fun stuff. I'm doing a festival in Ireland, Lou's going. Oh, neat. I'm doing, Montre I'm doing Montreal again, like that kind of stuff, but it's all just fun Nothing. I don't think any TV stuff. I think it's all been burned off, so I don't think there's any TV stuff coming up okay. right now. And now you've known Lou forever, of course. Forever. Yeah. Since I told him, since uh, since the beginning of time, Lou has long as the time. Now, since I've been about 25, so however long that is, 23 years. Yeah. Now, um, it's it's fun. I don't know people really, you know, put you together as buddies because he's such, you know, he's all. You know the, the political, and you're the observational. But then I guess that that kind of work. If you're hanging out with somebody, I guess that kind of works better because it's not like hanging out with yourself. Uh, yeah, and we. I mean, we have a lot of similar interests, and we really just want to um, so drink wine, maybe play golf. Um, the difference is Lewis because he's like a hippie from the '60s, kind of that guy. <laughs> yeah, he still has hope. <laughs> like, I follow all the same politics he, he does, but I follow it as a reality show oh. that is being presented to me, and I'm not going to get overly involved because I think they're all, they're all completely full of crap. They all go have drinks together. This is like a joke, what's being presented to us, but I, I'll watch. But he, he still believes... <laughs> I don't know. He believes in all of it. And I said, but Louis, you came from a generation where you guys had hope. Uh, my first memory yeah. of politics, and I'm not even kidding, my first memory, and my parents are very political, was Watergate. Yeah, me too. So we have 
Nixon quitting and the hearings interrupted all my cartoons. I will yeah. never forget. Like I'm like, yes. What? And as a, as like a six year old, I thought, why don't they just open a gate, and let the water out? <laughs> I really thought it was a gate holding water. Like that's how literal a kid could think. And I said, you know, my first memory is the guy is is a liar. And uh, maybe a trickster, you know, however you want to look at whatever, hot water gate, however that went down. Yep. But whatever the case, he's leaving in shame. <laughs> it's like, well, if you can't trust that guy, well, yeah, and he's, he's ridiculous. And he's the president, so. Yeah, but Lou is just always, he always thinks everybody's going to wake up and see things clearly and it's all going to work out. And <laughs> I just, uh, I just don't. I don't feel that way. Hmm. You know, a project I love that you guys did was the uh, American version of the news quiz on BBC. And oh, wow. You're the, you're the, only, you're the only person who ever... I forgot well, I did it. I'm a, I he, you, well, I thought it was great. I really yeah. did. But I thought, this is too much for normal Americans. They're not going to go, boo. They're not going to like this. Well, I'm a huge fan of the uh, British one, and they the week one of the weeks they they, they alternate between that and uh, something called the Now Show, and one of the weeks both of them were off. They played the American version on the BBC. That's the only way I heard it. They said, yeah, "Stay tuned for the uh-huh. American version of." And I was like, "And with Lewis Black and Kathleen Madigan and Ted Alexandro," and I'm like, "Oh my God, this is great!" And that you know, one and done. <laughs> so, but Lou told me that they might be resurrecting it somehow. I don't know. Yeah, they keep. The Cool. Well, we'll try to link to it. It may still be on the BBC website somewhere. Sometimes they keep that stuff for a while. We'll try to link to it from our site. But yeah. um, Well, great. Well, um, good luck to you the rest of the way, then. We'll see you here in Cincinnati in the middle of May, thereabouts. And then, uh, yeah, I can't wait. I haven't been there in, like, uh, 10 years. I'm ready for some chili. Cool. I, I think, a long time. <laughs> I think you do well here. That Midwestern sensibility will, will, will fit in just perfectly here in Cincinnati. Skyline chili. Skyline chili. That's right. There you go. Yeah, or gold gold star <laughs> if you're a, a snob. So cool. okay, we have four. Them both. Yeah. I just remember Ron Ron White was a headliner and I was an opener in one of the clubs there in Covington, Kentucky, yeah. right across the river.
me. You can find that on iTunes. Just go to iTunes, search Magic Potion. That'll get you there. Let me see what else. Oh, music composed and performed by John Veropoulos and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me. Uh, what else we have going on? Uh, go to the uh, page for the podcast at Podbean, which is uh, if you're listening to this through iTunes or some other uh, podcast catcher. Uh, go to pfradio.podbean.com, and I'll have links to all the stuff we talked about today, uh, the article from the young fella who uh, was talking about the memes, and uh, some other fun stuff as well. Be sure to buy Andy Hawk and Trainwreck Endings' new single, Chasing the Sun. You can find that in iTunes as well. We'll have links to that on the Podbean page. And uh, other than that, so long, and thanks for listening.